1: at sykline.com, and while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So you know what? Let's jump right in and let's get started in a conversation with Emmy Sobieski. Emmy uh, previously co-managed the number one-ranked Nicholas Applegate Global Technology Fund in 1999, up over, believe it or not, 495. percent Emmy has uh, substantial institutional investing experience. Um, but a highlight of Emmy's athletic accomplishments um, during the 25 years as an institutional investor includes multiple national and global rankings in dressage, culminating in 2005 with a ninth place trial in the U.S. trials for the World Cup team. Pretty exciting, um, but primarily I'm here to uh, be joined by Emmy Sobieski um, regarding her new book called $100 Million Careers. She also has a podcast. I'm excited to talk about all those things. Emmy Sobieski, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me absolutely it's a pleasure so uh, I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone your your story is 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 quite well-rounded uh, sounds like you're quite the go-getter I'm curious how all of those things led to writing the hundred million dollar careers
2: well I actually shifted away from being um, kind of an institutional investor and into corporate. And in part of doing so, found um, a lot, of, you know, it was very hard to make that shift. And so I wanted to write about that. And, you know, I started picking up coaching, I started writing courses, and in writing the courses, a lot of people really gravitated to the pieces I wrote about the best careers, like once you learn from my investing course, I write in the investing course about the different careers in investing, private equity, hedge funds, um venture capital, board director, and startup founder. And a lot of people that resonated with them even more than the actual investing course. And so I just went ahead and kind of leveraged that interest and created a book. And And it's been so surprising, uh, you know, kind of people say this before you write a book, but I've been so surprised and so happy with all the different opportunities that have come just from having written a book.
1: Amazing. Absolutely. I can relate to that a hundred percent. I'm glad that you did. So, I mean, million dollar question, shall I say? hundred million dollar question over here. How can our listeners make that kind of
2: money? So the number one thing is you've got to moonshot your career. People don't, and in the short run, they may over, you know, people say, well, in the short run, you overemphasize how far you can go. In your life, but in the long run, with compounding, you can go farther, way farther than you think you can. And so, the the path is break in to the industry. I mentioned the five VC, private equity, hedge fund, board director, startup. But really, the first four board directors a little bit later. So you break in, you build equity, and you break out. So those are your three main steps to a hundred million dollars. I have multiple friends that have made it to a hundred million. And there are people like Bill Gurley who just did the break in and then build equity joining benchmark as a partner and he's worth 7 billion. So, you know, it's, it's the first thing is to believe it's possible.
1: Amazing. Fantastic. Well, um, that's, uh, again, the stories I know is certainly something you talk about in the book. So I guess along the way, you know, people do make mistakes. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they miss making that $100 million?
2: Two big ones. One I already mentioned, which is that they don't take enough risk. They don't They don't build these huge ideas in terms of moonshotting your career and building huge goals. And that feeds into this. So take risk early in your career of course, you know, research the risk, but take risk early. And the second big one that is related is they stall out mid-career. That's the moment where you've already broken in. You're comfortable making money. You're at Goldman Sachs. You're at, you know, you're at a, a um, McKinsey. That's the moment where you got to shift over to something where you're getting equity. You're either participating in the fund that you're running or you're uh, getting equity in a smaller startup that shift a lot of times people reach their first goals they've broken in and then they just hit this lull and they don't keep pushing forward and compounding on the gains they've already made in their career
1: indeed so uh, you've already talked a little bit about this but again the path the path so many of our listeners are are here and and I guess uh, a lot of folks are thinking gosh it's too late so I guess I'll start by saying when is it too late to make a hundred million dollars and and again, for somebody listening that might sort of already be a little bit established in their in their career, what does that path look like?
2: Yeah, so again I go back to what I call the three B's break in, build equity, and break out. And many, many people get stuck in they stay in the break in a little bit too long, um, where they're just selling their time for money and don't move over to build equity. But when is it too late to move over and you know to really start building something where your wealth can compound? And that just depends. If you if you ended up at fifty five or sixty, it's it's a compounding thing. So you've end up at fifty five or sixty, you're gonna need to make Forty million or thirty million to be able to then compound it up to a hundred, right? It's just the math. If you if you're forty, then you have then you can start with twelve million, and and on my website there's a little compounding calculator to get you to a hundred million. So it really depends on what the opportunity is, what, your, what the equity is that you have, and if you just blow it out of the water. So I'd love to say it's never too late, but if you ask me for a number, I'd say, you know, once you're in your 60s, the uh, odds go way down.
1: Okay. So now thinking about the personalities of folks, some that may be listening into this program regarding non-traditional backgrounds. I, I mean, I don't know some of the folks that you mentioned that you have followed in their journey to make more than $100 million, um, which is certainly impressive. But, but what about somebody that's coming into this sort of with a little bit of a different story, a little bit of a non-traditional background? Can they do it too? How can you make that happen?
2: Absolutely absolutely. In fact, a lot of the mentees that I've worked for worked with that came from college um, one of them his parents had neither of them went to college. another one was an immigrant, another one um, couldn't even afford four years of state college and they've all got gotten to multiple millions of dollars by age 30, which then sets them up for that hundred million dollar path. So it is it is. And so the thing about this book is that there's twenty five thousand self-made households that are worth more than one hundred million in the U.S. And so anybody can do it. The the big thing is knowing about the path early enough so that it's not something you learn about when you're 60. Once you know the path, then it's not that you just need to know people in Silicon Valley or know people in New York. You can make that you can make that same path. you can make that same trip.
1: Okay, so you've already mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago that the journey of writing the book, your journey uh, certainly was very, very interesting. Let's talk about uh, that journey and what are some of the key takeaways that you want your listeners to to sort of get started on immediately?
2: So the, the, the fun part about writing the book, is that a lot of times people reach out to me and they say, I, I enjoy what you're writing on LinkedIn. You know, can, can you talk to me for a little bit? And it's very hard for, for me to impart everything that I know. And so I send them to my book and they get that idea and then they can come back and work with me in coaching and it's much more efficient if they want to. And often they just read the book and that's enough. They don't need it. Or they want to buy an hour of my time or they want a full program to map their career. So it's, it's really been a great, it's just been a great experience. And I've had a lot of people reach out and say that uh, they changed their career course because of just reading my book.
1: Okay. And I know you have a uh, podcast as well, so we're running out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find more of your content on the hundred million dollar podcast, hundred million dollar careers. And I have a hunch that there's going to be a lot more coming from you, Emmy Sobieski. So How can people find that content, find the book, and get in touch with you?
2: Uh, Yes. So the best way to do that is to go to emisobieski.com. That has all of the information. If that's hard to remember the spelling of my name, it's also 100mil.careers. Or you can reach you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Both I'm Emmy Sobieski on both of them. Very easy to find. And my podcast is um, somewhat delayed, so that would be really hard to find. (laughs) Um, I do have a YouTube channel which has examples of people that have broken in, Um, but uh, yeah, that's the ways to reach me. You can and I people message me on LinkedIn, and I'll I'll write you back personally. So it's really quite easy to reach me. Fantastic. Well, I
1: Emmy, mean, so we really appreciate you sharing your passion, your expertise with our listeners. Certainly, we'll link in the show notes as well. Get down to businesses powered by Tom Urbali, independent agent for all things health insurance. Reach him, 630 863 3477, 630 863 3477, or Quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always get on my website, sycline.com. So we are back and talking with the author of, uh, the author of Women on Purpose, um, that's Cindy Watson. Uh, again, founder of Women on Purpose and creator of art of feminine negotiation and persuasion programs. We're going to talk all about that. I know Cindy is the managing partner of the Watson Palmer Law Firm, and Watson has specialized in social justice law for 30 years, is a TEDx international speaker, award-winning author, master negotiator, and consultant known for a passion, commitment, and an ability to inspire. So Cindy Watson, welcome to the program.
3: Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation.
1: Absolutely. So I'm just going to call it what it is, because that's what we do here and Get Down to Business. Throughout history, <laughs> some people have said that women have been billed as third-rate negotiators. We're taught that negotiating is all about the bark and the bite, that it's a take-no-prisoners macho toughness that that carries the day. But you've done the research. That may not actually be true. Cindy, let's talk a little bit about it. How did you get interested in this topic, and what did you find out?
3: Yeah. And I love that you're talking about the elephant in the room because that was the thing that really inspired me to sort of go down this path. As you mentioned, you know, I've been a social justice attorney for 30 years. And when I started, you know, fresh face, 20 something right out of law school, you know, it was a very, uh, masculine, uh, male dominated, uh, industry at the time. It still is in large part, but particularly in my niche. And I was almost always the only woman. And I looked around, I think like many women do and thought, geesh. You know, if I'm gonna be taken seriously, I need to get scrappier. And I think therein lies the and I did, you know, my clients called me the Barracuda for many years, which of course they meant is the highest compliment. But there's a really high cost that comes with that. It starts to affect your personal sense of self, your your professional relationships, and ultimately your sense of self. And and when I dug into it, the thing that was interesting to me is that, in fact, the key skills that make and mark the most effective negotiators are skills that most people would consider to be feminine or so-called soft skills. And yet we've defined success in negotiation based on this very competitive win-lose model. And I think both men and women, frankly, lose out as a result of that because we end up stifling the very skills that would actually get us better outcomes, better relationships, better buy-in, all the things we need both personally and professionally.
1: Absolutely. I'm chatting with the author of The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Won from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. It's a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. Um, so Cindy, I mean, you've done a lot of this. You've specialized in, in social justice law for 30 years. You've certainly done your research so for our listeners, I mean, they're, they're shaking their heads and they want to know what's that simple model that you can share and that can help better negotiated outcomes.
3: Yeah. Um, and I've got like there are a number of models that sort of make up the art of feminine negotiation, you know, programming or system or whatever you want to call it. But the one that I that first came to light for me was what I call the R Fit model. So easy for your listeners, you know, a simple acronym to remember. What are those key skills that make for the most effective negotiator? So just think A R E F I T. You are fit to be a great negotiator. And it just stands for assertiveness, which is the one of the six skills that people. Consider to be a more masculine trait. And I would even disagree with that. I think it's because people confuse assertive with aggressive, and they are not the same thing. You know, assertiveness just means showing up with confidence. Confidence comes from knowledge, knowledge comes from preparation. The R is for rapport building. And we do not do that very well in North America in particular. You know, we jump straight to business. So really being intentional about building rapport with the other party will be an absolute game changer in getting those better outcomes. And I don't mean talking about the weather. (laughs) You know, it's about showing up authentically, really making some human connection with the other party. Be intentional about your pacing and your tone of voice so that, you know, as you can probably tell, I get really passionate and I talk quickly if i'm negotiating with an introvert i will slow down my speech i will match their tone of voice to a certain extent uh so that i make them comfortable the e is
1: go ahead, go yeah go, on, go ahead
3: Uh, The E is for empathy. Um, And again, we do not do do this well. We show up with so much ego in our negotiations. And the key is to actually surrender ego and make it about the other party. Truly seek to understand what they need, what they want. Listen, you know, engage in what I call elevated active listening. So that's your A-R-E. And then the F is just flexibility, flexibility be flexible. Don't get so attached to getting what you think you want that you're missing out on better opportunities. The I is for intuition, trusting our intuition. And the T is trust. Get really intentional about building trust with the other party and trust yourself as well. That is one simple model uh, that if you do nothing else, just raising your awareness about showing up to your negotiations and invoke that as part of your prep process, you're going to be ahead of the curve already.
1: Fantastic. Well, that is certainly a very simple model um, that folks can pay attention to and really start implementing right away. So I'm curious, what are some of the surprises that people uh, sort of experience the most when they are using your system? What, What should they be on the lookout for?
3: Yeah, I, I. that's a funny question. I, I think the thing that surprises people most, most people come to me, obviously, and are interested in my programs and signing up for, you know, coaching or consulting because of the business aspect. You know, they want to increase their voice, they want to be able to get more money, they want to get those better outcomes. And we definitely do that in spades. But I think the thing that surprises them is the impact on their personal relationships, even complicated personal relationships, you know, because all of life is a negotiation. And we're not Taught to be effective negotiators, whether you're negotiating with your kid, with your intimate partner, with service providers, or those multi million dollar deals even negotiating with ourselves, every day. We are negotiating with ourselves in a million possible ways from the minute we wake up until we lay our head down on the pillow. So I think that's the thing that surprises people most. Not only do they get more in business, but they find they have better relationships with the people in their personal lives as well.
1: Okay. Well, again, I'm chatting with Cindy Watson, founder of Women on Purpose, creator of the art of feminine negotiation, which is also... The name of her book, The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. Uh, She has the persuasion programs, which we'll get to in just a moment. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making in negotiating?
3: I call it the seven deadly sins of negotiating. One I've already mentioned, which is ego. We tend to show up wanting to win when we see it as a win-lose. When we see it as having power over the other person, we have already... You may get what you think you want in that, but you've probably missed all kinds of opportunities for way longer lasting relationships and better deals in business. The A is that attachment piece again. When we We are so wedded to, I want X, you want Y, I need to get my X, that there's a whole range of other options there. And we sometimes either bargain long past the point where it makes sense, or we walk away from a deal that would have been great. Our reactivity, getting too reactive, jumping straight to business instead of building that rapport, and not listening. I mean, truly listening, not waiting for your turn to speak, but actually listening. Lack of clarity about what you want, not just the thing that you think you're negotiating about, but what is the relationship outcome you want as well. And the last seven deadly sin is integrity. And by that, not only showing up with moral integrity, but also being true to your own values so that you're, you know, based on the Latin term that, you know, in- integer that being whole within yourself. And I think we make that mistake of not doing that when we show up with that win-lose mentality.
1: Well, that's great. I know you're inspiring a lot of folks with the book um, and the program in general, um so I have to ask on a personal note what discouraged you the most as you did the research and wrote the book.
3: Um, it was, I thought I knew a lot about uh, unconscious gender bias and biases generally, but I got to tell you, I was stunned at the level of, to which it affects how we even show up. They did studies with one y- young women writing their SAT exams where half the group were asked to identify their gender and the other half were just simply check off whether you're male or female in advance of writing your SATs. And in study after study, those young women who were asked to check off their gender consistently actually performed more, poorly. And I think we've got to stop the blame game where we're looking at blaming men for sort of oppressing women. I think we need to own both men and women have profound unconscious gender bias that affects how we show up, how we perform, uh, the opportunities that are available. That was the most discouraging thing for me is how much work we still have to do on that front.
1: Indeed. We have work ahead, but I know uh, with uh, your persuasion programs, Art of the Feminine Negotiation, the book, and so much more, I know that you have in the works I know we're, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation. Again, Cindy Watson. Cindy, I know everybody's going to want to learn more about you and pick up a copy of the book and find out about your other projects. Where can they do that?
3: Oh, thank you. I'd love the conversation as well. Great questions, by the way. Um, Negotiation.com is the website. Loads of free resources there. And for your listeners, actually, it only comes if you buy the book, but if they go to com, there's a free w- workbook, videos, a whole bundle of resources. Happy to offer it to your listeners.
1: Fantastic. Well, really appreciate you coming on the air and sharing your passion, your expertise with our listeners And certainly we'll link in the show notes as well, The Art of Feminine Negotiation. I know that this is a research in progress and we'll be following you, Cindy. So thanks so much for joining and sharing your passion. A very quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always find my website, sykline.com. And of course, subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast app. Just search on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever podcasts may be found. Just search for Get Down to Business. Again, a quick break, headlines, commercials. We'll be right back. On Get Down to Business, don't touch that dial. Welcome back to You Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Wow, I'm on fire. We've had some great conversations today. Thrilled to continue our focus with Anna Rambilla, who has more than 20 years of experience in the field of career transition. She's been a career coach, recruiter, outplacement, consultant, and relocation expert that, she worked in corporate finance and software project management with an MBA in finance and management from the University of San Francisco and a BA in management and economics from the Simmons College in Boston. Ana, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Thanks so much for having me. This is great.
1: <laughs> You've had quite a career. Um, and I know in 2017, you made a little bit of a different uh, sort of shift. Ana, tell us a little bit about yourself and what happened to you.
4: Sure. Basically, what happened was I could not deal with corporate politics and corporate America anymore and said, there's got to be a better way. How can I be in business for myself? And I looked around and tried to start my own business and just realized how daunting it was and how many different things you had to figure out. And who knows if it was even going to be successful. So attended a quick workshop on franchising options and just fell in love with the idea. And I love the fact that it's a proven business model, it's business in a box. They give you all the tools you need to succeed, but you can still put your imprint on it. And I was off to the races.
1: That's <laughs> awesome, and it's a perfect, you know, transition for you. Uh, like you said, you've been a career coach, uh, a consultant, a coach on so many levels, and now you're in the perfect line of work in helping people uh, exploring franchising. And and so let's let's jump into that. Why why franchising? Why? Should our listeners consider that as an option, um, perhaps as they are in that state of transition like you were in 2017?
4: Right. Well, it's great for people who have lots a broad red uh, breadth of skills. They've got the, the management, the leadership, the strategic, the operations, the sales, whatever it is. And it's great for those people who want to take that and use their own experience to benefit themselves and their families. I heard story after story of people who were, You know, working insane hours just to get a 3% raise or working insane hours just to get a, a thank you pat on the back, whatever it is. And it's great for those people who have that desire to lead something, to create a business, to do something on their own, but don't have the next great idea for the Facebook or the Google or whatever Franchising gives you that opportunity to create your own business, build it up from scratch, but have all of the support and the tools to make it successful because it's, it's already been proven to be successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Franchising works. And again, there's a lot of different models within franchising. So, uh, and is there, is, is there anything in particular that you've focused on that you've helped your, um, your clients uh, explore in their, in their uh, franchising journeys?
4: My specialty are those people that come to me and say, I don't know what I want. I know what I don't want, but I don't know what I want. And those are the people I do best with. As long as they have an open mind and are willing to explore, I love helping those people. And it's really important to know that there's absolutely no commitment or obligation to working with me. I just want people to get to a point of clarity where they're excited about their next step. And whether it's franchising or not, completely irrelevant to me. It's all about helping my clients get clear on their next step. The clients that come to me and say, I know exactly what I want, and this is the role I want, or this is the franchise I want, fantastic, good for you, I'm not the right person for you. The people who come and say, I am just so sick and tired of all the stuff that I've been put through, there's got to be a better way, but I don't know what that is. Come talk to me.
1: Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Anna. Shulman Prambela, who has more than twenty years of experience in the field of career transition, and now uh, really serving as a uh, as a matchmaker of sorts um, for individuals exploring uh, the franchise advantage. So, Anna, there are some myths that exist around franchising. Let's be candid. Let's talk about some of those, and let's talk about your experiences. But perhaps more importantly, your clients, your success stories. Where where have you? What are some of the things that you've heard in franchising, and and what are the success stories?
4: Great question. A lot of people think franchising costs, first of all, it's only the McDonald's and the subway, and they think it costs two, three million dollars, and you can't possibly make any money at it. In reality, we have a portfolio of more than 200 franchises. Only 4% of the franchises in our system have anything to do with food, and the vast majority of our franchises are in the total first-year investment, $100,000 to $200,000 range, and funding is very readily available. So certainly there are the McDonald's and the Subways and things like that. But most of the time in, the, in our franchise system, in our portfolio, we've got options for almost anybody. And the people right. that have been successful are those people that come to me just so frustrated. I. I call it PTSD. I never want to take away from our amazing veterans. But a lot of people are going through really awful stuff at corporate America and they come to me and say, there's got to be a better way. And as long as at the end of the day, they can say, I learned about options I never knew existed, then I've accomplished my job and I've accomplished my goal and I'm thrilled.
1: Well, that's awesome. Anna I want to make sure our listeners know how they can get in touch with you and your team so they can explore this conversation for further.
4: Right. So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Anna Brambila is my is the last thing of the great way. Um also look at entrepreneur source or esource coach and uh that's a great way maybe if we can uh, in the show notes we could put my uh my contact information
1: absolutely we'll do that for sure Anna bramila thank you so much for sharing your passion your expertise with our listeners we'll do that in the show notes and we'll be right back and get down to business You're back on get down to business the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship get to my website swagline.com. So we know that any job that doesn't allow you to be you is certainly not the job for you. We know that and um, I am thrilled to be joined by just a true all-star in uh, the world of, uh, of, of placing candidates. And that's Chris Fontanella. He's the founder of Encore Professionals, a group of professional services firm specializing in the identification and placement of accounting and finance candidates in temporary and full-time positions. But I'm super excited because he's written, Jumpstart Your Career, 10 Tips to Get You Going, and Tune Up Your Career, Tips and Cautions for Peak Performance in the Workplace. Certainly very, very grateful for you sharing your expertise with our listeners. Chris Fontanella, welcome to the program.
5: Thank you, Shalom. I'm so glad to be a part of your show this morning.
1: Absolutely. So I know you've served as the division director for Robert Half International and client services director for Resources Global Professionals, as well as some time in theology and ministry, which is certainly very, very interesting. Chris, how did you discover this passion, A, for staffing, but then ultimately in becoming an entrepreneur yourself?
5: Yeah, I'm sort of a unique individual in the the staffing and consulting world because Um, As you referenced, I did spend um, a a bunch of time studying for the ministry. I actually had an aspiration to be a pastor of a church. And somewhere along the way, I um, shifted gears and changed directions and sort of happened into the staffing world. And what I loved about it was that I was sort of a go-between between a candidate needing to find a job and a client looking to find a candidate and um once i once i got involved in that process i found that i really enjoyed it and loved it and um have been a, been a part of it now for 30 years i've started two of my own businesses um i just i just enjoy the whole idea of of careers and career development and helping people find the opportunity or the the uh the calling that they've been looking to find
1: amazing well that's great so Let's get into the nuts and bolts over here. Our listeners are curious about this topic, and you've quite literally written the book. Again, the books are called Jumpstart Your Career 10 Steps, 10 Tips to Get You Going and Tune Up Your Career Tips and Cautions for Peak Performance in the Workplace. So, what is one of the most important ideas to consider when thinking about your career?
5: I think the main thing that people need to, to keep in their mind is that personal accountability for their career is the foundation of every noteworthy career that's ever been out there if if you are not willing to put your hands on the steering wheel of your career vehicle you'll you'll never really drive it to where you want it to go
1: absolutely you need to own your career i'm uh, i I think many of our listeners know I serve in the uh, in the Army Reserves, and I, I'm constantly telling my soldiers all the time: you need to own your career. Or nobody else is going to uh, is going to take that uh, that that ownership for you, um, and that's certainly very important. So, why is knowing yourself knowing yourself so important in relation to career development?
5: Yeah, I, I emphasize in in all my books that it's so important to just be true to yourself, and if you're true to yourself and you take the time to really know who you are and you look within um, and you start to identify the things that that motivate you, the things that catch your interest, the things that really bring you joy and a sense of fulfillment, the, the more you start honing in on those things from a career standpoint, the more fulfilled you're going to feel in your career. So I, I sort of talk to people about mapping out their territory of exploration and and sort of drawing a a map of where they want to start digging to find the career they want. And those map lines can be made up of a zillion different things, but they typically include your interests, your experiences, your education, um, uh, things that uh, you you like to spend your time doing in your spare time. And when you start mapping that out, I, I, I say that that's the direction you should start to head for yourself, because those are the things that really make up who you are and, and who you are as an individual. And, and you want to find a job that allows you to be the best version of yourself. And so that, that kind of stuff should help you along those lines.
1: Absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about, again, what you do uh, at Encore Professionals Group. But uh, sticking on that theme of knowing what's important, why is it important to take full responsibility for your life of employment?
5: Yeah. Again, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay to, to get help from others, right? Um, All of our achievements from a career standpoint are never really solo efforts. We have mentors, we have parents that give us input. We have friends um, that, that guide us along the way. You, You may have worked for somebody and then they go to another company and they're like, Hey, I've got a perfect job for you. And they sort of drag you along with them. But ultimately, you know, you're, respo- you're responsible for your own career. Um, you really have to to rely on yourself to sort of make it what you want it to be.
1: No question about it. Again, I'm chatting with Chris Fontanella, founder of Encore's Professional Group and the author of Jumpstart Your Career and Tune Up Your Career. Chris, uh, how was that experience writing the book? I mean, uh, did the information just flow or was it much of a challenge? <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's a, it was an interesting process to go through. Um, you know, I'm trying to practice what I preach somewhat, right? And I'm I'm at a point where I've been in the staffing world for 30 years, and I've been thinking about what do I want to do next with myself. What what's you know on the horizon for Chris Fontanella? And then when COVID hit, I had a lot of spare time because the staffing business sort of uh, went into the crapper, so to speak. There wasn't much going on. There wasn't a lot of hiring. If anything. Um, a lot of candidates were being let go from their consulting projects. And, and there was a lot of downsizing going on at companies. And over the years, I had um, gathered a bunch of material for a potential book. I always um, sort of enjoyed writing. And um, I started just compiling that information and, and putting it into an outline form. Um, but it's challenging, you know, finding mm-hmm. the right words to say, putting the material together in a way that's interesting, that, that captivates yeah. the reader. It's not always easy finding it's that.
1: It's not. It's but- not. And we're going to talk some more about some of that content and some of the takeaways. Um, but I think you did a great job in pulling that together. Again, Jumpstart Your Career by Chris Fontanella. We're going to continue our conversation with Chris in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. Thank you. welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we're continuing our conversation with Chris Fontanella, the author of Jumpstart Your Career and several other topics. So uh, Chris, you were just talking about the uh, process of writing the book. Uh, I'm curious, give us the table of contents. Give us what should our listeners know if they pick up a copy of this great read? Yeah. So
5: with Jumpstart Your Career, I was really trying to um, address People who have just graduated from college, or um, got a certification from some sort of OTEC school, um, or even a high school student that just is eager to enter into the workforce and sort of start building their own career. Um, so JumpStart is is really geared toward the people just beginning their their career exploration, and it just gives some tips and ideas on how they should think about going about that. So I you know I talk about finding your calling. I talk about, um, as I mentioned earlier, mapping out your area of exp- exploration. Like, where do you want to start to dig to find your career? Um, I encourage um, the reader to be ambitious, to see unseen worlds, um, you know, sort of to, to dream big and, and to have bold ideas for themselves when it comes to their career. Um, I talk a little about how our achievements in our career are never solo efforts, um i have a chapter that discusses the fact that you know there's there's a career discovery waiting for you but you know you need to expect some op- obstacles along the way it's not always an easy path to get where you want to go career wise um i discuss the uniqueness of you um i'm really big on um uh finding jobs that allow you to be the individual that you are because um, i think that those are the type of jobs that you're going to excel at the the most and I talk about things like, you know, that the bottom is as good a place as any to start. We all start in an entry-level position, and then we just sort of work our way up. And the, the great thing about doing that is you learn all you need to be at the top. So, uh, you know, it's just it's sort of basic information that I've learned over the years in finding jobs for people that I think is important for them now.
1: Ain't that the truth? Absolutely. Again, chatting with Chris Fontanella, Jumpstart Your Career is the name of the book. And uh, I know it's been taken from years of experience in the staffing space, but also just working with candidates. And uh, like you said several times, Chris, owning your career and sort of mapping out a employment timeline, which is super important. So Chris, uh, I mean, if there's one takeaway that you want our listeners to get to work on in the week ahead, what should it be?
5: Um, Yes. Sit sit down with yourself and, and, uh, and think about the things that, they really charge your battery. Think think about the things that you love, that captivate you, that that really um, uh, make you want to be involved in something. Uh, I would say that typically those are the sort of things that if if you're doing them on a daily basis, you're gonna you're gonna find fulfillment. And so sort of just write those things down or map them out. And then just start gearing yourself toward that and then th- throw yourself in. Like like I mentioned with mapping out your area of exp- exploration, it's all great to map that out. But eventually, you got to grab a shovel and start digging to find what you're looking for. Um, so, you know, that, that's what I would encourage your, your listeners to do is, is just sort of map things out. Take the time to, to look within yourself on the things that really interest you and that you, you think you'd like to be a part of because uh, more than likely you can find yourself a great career along those lines.
1: For sure, Chris, that's words of wisdom. And I know you've got a lot more of those in your book. Again, jumpstart your career. And I have a fun, I have a funny feeling that not only uh, are there two books on the bookshelf, but there's probably a lot more content out there that you're going to share. Um, Chris, how can we get in touch with you and pick up a copy of this great read?
5: Yeah, the best way is to just go to my website, uh, www.chrisfontanella.com. And that's C H uh, R I S F O N. T a N E L L dot com, and uh, you'll see uh, some some media stuff that I've got posted there. You'll see access to my books. Uh, that'll get you connected directly to Amazon. It's uh, they're easy reads too. Just you know, they're small chapters uh, that are power packed with you know um, some good information that can help you in your career.
1: Awesome, fantastic. Well, appreciate you joining us, Chris Fontanella. Thanks so much for sharing your passion with our listeners. Um, be sure to check out our show notes because we link to all of our guests that we've had on today, as well as you can also download the past 10 plus years of shows all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, sycline.com. That's our app for us this week. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560 The Answer.